Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Purpose Made Podcast a podcast dedicated to exploring the fundamental topics and key drivers for change within our global society today. This series is brought to you by Peter Bell, founder of Purpose Made, a strategic consultancy specializing in post-pandemic change and organizational transformation. Hi, and welcome back to the Purpose Made podcast. In this episode, I wanted to start by telling you all a story. As amidst the fallout of the first wave of the pandemic in 2020, something amazing happened. On April 15th, around 1.30am, Albie was born. That night, Sophie and I drove that journey to the hospital as a couple and returned home a few days later as a family. In this episode, we explore testimonies from fathers from around the globe who share their unfiltered heartfelt stories around the beauty, challenges and life-affirming changes that happen upon becoming a father and what the question, to be a dad is, truly means to them. Original conversations, purpose made for you. So sit back, relax, and we do hope you enjoy. Uh, my name is Chris Ray. I work for the pharmaceutical and medical device company Roche, based out of Switzerland, but I live in San Diego, California. I live here with my fiance, soon to be wife, in two weeks, our two daughters, and our cat. Finish the sentence. Seeing your child for the first time was shattering. It was the single biggest event that could ever occur in your lifetime. You, you walk into this room in a hospital, you and your, uh, your fiance wife, you, you, you walk out three people and you walked in two. And that, that change happens in a single second, right? So you spend your whole life, you know, as a, as a kid, I'm sure if, if you'd ever answered the, on, the question honestly, if anybody had ever asked you, who you love, who could you ever possibly love the most in the world, you would say your parents. And then suddenly on this day, when your fiance or wife is about to give about to give birth, you know, if you set on a numerical scale how much you love your parents, you know, all things relative, but in the grand scheme of things is maybe a, a 60 or a 70 out of 100. And then this, this tiny, ugly, alien, adorable baby comes out of this woman that you love. And I felt like it shattered everything in my heart that I thought I knew about love and every piece of me crumbled to the floor and was instantly built immediately back up by this unbelievable new form of love that a, a dad or a mom is going to have for his or her new newborn baby. It, it totally redefined how I looked at myself, it totally reordered all of my priorities in terms of how I introduce myself and how I think of myself as a man, you know, career and sports had always come first. And suddenly it was, you know, I'm a dad. 
instantly from day one. I'm a dad. Let me tell you about how awesome my kid is. And that happens in that first second. It was, it was mind blowing. My name is Darren Richardson, and I'm a designer and co-founder of Gardner Richardson. I live in Corbridge, Northumberland, with my wife, my son Will, uh, as well as our cat Juno and our dog Stitch. Finish this sentence. Seeing your child for the first time was... Well, it wasn't quite what I imagined, actually. It was... I'd imagine this sort of quite romantic view of me holding a child and feeling a warm glow. But it was kind of more like a scene from, from ER, really. Emma had to have a... She had a really troublesome um, birth, and she had to have... Uh, an, after many, hours, many, many hours of labour, had to have an emergency C-section... And uh, so as I was handed uh, Sam in my hands at the same time, uh, everybody was rushing around Emma because she developed a pulmonary, pulmonary edema where be through from an issue from the, from the anaesthetic, coming around from the anaesthetic, which was uh, fairly horrific, really. So as they were rushing around, uh, my wife, uh, Emma, trying to sort of ensure she stayed alive uh, I was holding Sam and so it was, a, it was real mixed emotions uh, if I'm honest so it wasn't a, it wasn't an ideal uh, situation I was probably wondering whether I was going to be a single parent uh, for a split well probably for about 10 or 15 seconds until they sort of stabilized till they stabilized Emma so no it wasn't it wasn't the greatest of starts if I'm honest even though I, I, it was magically in one way it was terrifying in another way My name's Simon Brooks, Operations Manager at BSW Timber Limited, and I live in Carlisle with my wife, Anna, my daughter, Eden, my son, Harry, and my dog, Angus. Finish this sentence. Seeing your child for the first time was... So I had a totally different experience with Eden than I did with Harry. So Eden first... I actually felt very little connection instantly. My concern at first was more for my wife, Anna, and she was going through quite a traumatic time. It was a new experience. Um, I remember going into the hospital the day after Eden was born and holding her, and I didn't feel an instant connection. I felt a need to support and look after, but it wasn't until a couple of weeks later that that connection really developed. In contrast with Harry who was born two years later the connection was there instantly I think because the experience of labour was familiar it was less of a distraction and I could focus more on what was actually happening and so the bond was instant obviously now there's no difference between the two um, and the feelings I have towards them but at the time there was certainly a different experience from the offset So my name is Johnny Wilson. I'm an engineering consultant. I'm based in Seattle, Washington. I live with my wife, Courtney, my son, Gray, and my dog, Max. So what do I remember for the first few days or months of my child being born? It's pretty difficult, say, after a somewhat traumatic uh, birth. And then he couldn't come home. That was pretty terrible. He was in the, the NICU for about three weeks. Um, so that was pretty hard in itself. And then on top of that, it was March 13th, which was uh, for Seattle and Washington, the, the day they went into lockdown. So basically all the stores were starting to close. Getting supplies was somewhat more difficult. And it was just a real big pain in the butt, to be honest. And on top of that, uh, my family couldn't come see him. All my family are in England. All Courtney's family are in Texas. So we kind of just tried to manage. Um, Connie was recovering from a C-section. Uh, I was working. I started a new job a couple months before. Uh, so I didn't really have any time off. He was born on the Friday. I was back at work on the Monday. Uh, I would spend time in the NICU, uh, just in meetings and just trying to do work. Um, 
while looking after Connie and and Gray. Um, I suppose in that time, everyone expects it to be real happy, but in all honesty, Connie was suffering. She definitely had some uh, depression and real no connection to Gray to begin with. Um, so it was a lot of hard work on mine to try and keep keep everyone happy, everyone kind of going and just pushing forward. So it was pretty hard to begin with, to be honest, but we, we, we drove through and everything worked out pretty well. But yeah, it was a, a tough couple of months on top of all the stuff that went on as well. Hi, my name is Ross McClory. I'm head of sales for a large energy company and I live in Irvine in Ayrshire with my wife, three kids, two sons and a, a daughter and a cat named Beatrix. What do you remember from the first few days, months of your child being born? There was probably a sense of fear and the fact that I now had responsibility for a dependent, a child, just not knowing what to do, what to expect. Really, really scary, but just a constant overwhelming love for, uh, for my children. What do you remember from the first few days or months of your child being born? Oh gosh, not so much really. You're so sleep deprived. You're just, you know, in times like that, my brain just goes straight into logistics and coordination, right? When's the next bottle? When's the next diaper change? Who's supposed to be sleeping? Is it me? Can it please be me? It's just such utter chaos. And you know, so here's what I do remember is I remember it actually being calmer than I thought it was going to be. Because, you know, as, as, as long as your professional life is in a state where you can take some time off, you know, your whole, your whole day, the entire 24 hour day, which you use all of suddenly is now all about taking care of this, this tiny infant life form. And so whether you're doing diapers, whether you're doing a bottle, it's just life at home with this exhausted woman that you love who's who's you know hopefully healthy and taking care of this baby that's hopefully healthy and it was it, it was chaos because it's a totally new routine hopefully a routine but it was also weirdly calm because you know what used to be a house is suddenly a home and this relationship that you've been in which was a couple is now a family and so it's chaos, but there's something very, very calming in knowing that you're starting something so foundational and new that you're going to build an entire life on. What do you remember from the first few days, months of your child being born? If I'm honest, I think being totally and utterly uh, unprepared. We'd read every book We'd been to NCT classes. You know, we thought we had it all under control. And I think that as soon as we uh, sort of walked through the door uh, of leaving hospital with Sam, it was just uh, the way your world was thrown upside down. <laughs> I remember being absolutely shattered and questioning everything I did, really, whether everything was right or wrong or whether I was doing the right thing. But I think my overwhelming feeling of uh, the first few sort of days was probably just being, was orientating myself to being a parent uh, with this new being in our house uh, that we loved dearly, but hadn't sort of underestimated probably what it was going to mean to our lives and how to look after a, a young person, a young baby. Hi, my name's Peter Bell. I'm an author and founder of Purpose Made and I live here in Newcastle with my wife, son and two dogs. What do you remember from the first few days, months of your child being born? I remember it being pretty hard, to be honest, because when Albie was born, 
he was born in April 2020, so it was at the beginning of the pandemic. And even the, the day he was born, I was actually, I wasn't allowed in hospital until the very last moment. So I was kind of spent most of the time worrying anxiously in the hospital car park, whether Sophie's okay, whether the baby's okay. And yeah, when you're kind of allowed in at the last moment, then yeah, it's just the most amazing thing to kind of witness the birth of, of your child. But kind of then when what people kind of don't tell you too much about is when you kind of then go home a couple of days later and yeah, because of like restrictions and such, we weren't able to kind of lean on family and friends to kind of help us. Yeah, it was pretty tough kind of making sure that Sophie's okay, that she's having enough rest and she's eating well and sleeping. And, and same with Albie that he's like eating well, sleeping and um, he's changed and looked after. It was, yeah, it was kind of quite a difficult first period because like you're kind of thrown in at the deep end. But, you know, to be honest, it's totally outweighed by the the moments and experiences you have with them that are just like so, so positive. And it's just, yeah, any any moments of negativity are just overshadowed by just the amazing experience that you have as they kind of grow up and develop. So, yeah, it was whilst the first few months were maybe tough, like every other part has just been amazing. Hi, my name's Lee Peacock Goodwin. I'm a head of marketing living in Durham with my wife and two sons. Tell me about your childhood. When I think back to my childhood, it almost seems like I talk about it in kind of cliches, but I kind of, when I think back to being really young, so if I think between, you know, kind of three and four to when I'm, you know, getting to 12, it just, all I think of when I look back is honestly warm, warm summer, bright summer days, just a feeling of happiness, contentment, being excited about everything. I just had, you know, what I feel, I feel very fortunate to have such a uh, wonderful childhood. And I think it's not necessarily just down to what you experienced and what you did, but it's looking back at it now as a, as a parent, I think it's, I knew then, I must have felt it then, but I know now that my parents just loved being parents and really wanted to be parents. And yeah, so I, I, even when I got into my teenage years, when you usually have that, you know, rebellion away from your, your parents, I, that was never... I never not didn't want to be with them. Didn't mean I wanted didn't want to do my own thing. Of course I did, but you know, family holidays were all something I look forward to, and I always enjoyed the, the kind of time spent with my parents. You know, when I was uh, 17, 17, 18, my parents broke up, which hit me incredibly hard. And I think it's it, you know, there's still parts of it that that affect me now, but do play over in my mind sometimes. And I think it did hit me quite hard then. So. Whether you class that as still still childhood, but you know, kind of before that, it was it was absolutely wonderful. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Tell me a bit about your childhood. Uh, I was born in Thornaby, uh, which is a, a small town between Stockton and Middlesbrough. I'm the youngest of three. I've got two elder sisters. And as my dad would uh, often say, I was, a, I was a welcome mistake. There's a sort of, I think it was nearly nine, ten years between me and my elder sister. I'm the only boy in the Richardson family. My dad's got, brother's got two girls and I've got two sisters. So I suppose I became a bit, quite literally, the blue-eyed boy, really. <sighs> School was pretty hard for me. Because, they, well, I didn't realise at the time, but I, I, I'm dyslexic. Uh, so school was a bit of a nightmare. I think my, my worst fear was having to stand up in class and read from a book. That was just terrific if that had happened. And I would come out in cold sweats just even thinking about it, really. But then they, they realised I was dyslexic and, and thankfully my English teacher kind of realised it and, and started to give me some extra help and support. But yeah, so school was a bit tricky for me because of that. And I was a bit of a, I think if I'm honest, I was a little bit of a, I was a little bit of a geek. I liked, I liked music and I was uh, playing instruments. Uh, I um, used to make model aircraft. I was obsessed with art and drawing. And I was also obsessed with skateboarding. In fact, you know, at the age of 12, I, I won the Open Skateboard Championship. So I was obsessed with things like that. And I still, I still skateboard today, really, to tell you the truth. I used to spend hours in my room sort of making aircraft models and uh, not not that I would realise it at the time but that became a something that would stay with me throughout my life when I went on to become a designer in London and ended up designing sort of airlines which was a nice sort of circle of life thing really Tell me about your childhood Pretty standard affair really Middle class, maybe upper middle class, suburban America. Grew up in the suburbs outside of Denver. Oldest of three kids. Very, very stable parents. Never saw my parents drink or fight. Went to school, tried to get good grades, tried to go to a good college. Far enough away in age from my siblings. Four years to my brother, five years to my sister that I was pretty independent didn't have to worry so much about uh, sibling rivalries or anything like that. Friends in the neighborhood, rode my bike in the neighborhood, creek in the neighborhood that we used to take moss off the rocks and throw it at each other, got in trouble. You know, kind of a leave it to beaver, kind of idyllic uh, suburban American uh, childhood, I guess. Describe your relationship with your father. So... I think I've always had a good relationship with my dad. He's kind of, uh, it's one I've looked up to my entire life. He came not from the best place, to be honest. His dad left him when he was about eight or nine. And his mom wasn't really around for him. So he was kind of on his own and just doing his own thing. But he did an amazing job with us, for sure. You know, and he, he taught us to just try hardest and uh, put in the hard work. And you don't uh, you don't need everything in life, Um Material-wise, to to be happy, right? But yeah, so he's he's a great friend. Um, I speak to him like every week, text throughout the week, and it's just yeah, he's a he's a really great fella, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty lucky to have such a great dad. Describe your relationship with your father. Very solid. My father, especially when I was a kid, was was quite stoic. Didn't show a lot of emotion, never yelled, never saw him really argue with anybody, much less, you know, fight. He was very quiet but resolute. And I think our, our, our family took a lot of strength from his steadiness. And I grew up, especially as a kid in, in let's say, high school, had a tendency to chase the spotlight always wanted attention and, and that was kind of very different from his approach. So there were a couple of years maybe where 
our personalities didn't align so much and, and our relationship didn't flourish so much. But in, you know, since, you know, after graduating college and starting to build a life, you know, I've, I've, I now live six driveways away from him and my mother and, um, they're very much a part of the life of my, my child, my children and couldn't be happier to be so close to him. Describe your relationship with your father. Yeah, it's, I guess, maybe because it's of men of his generation. Um, there's always this kind of distance between my dad and I, which is fine. Yeah, he was he was always out. He was always kind of working all the time. And, and I guess it's like what he was doing, he was providing in, in that way. But um, because of that, he kind of, yeah, he kind of grew up. I wouldn't say that... Like we, we get on and everything, but it's just a case of there is a, you know, we're, we're very different people and there's a bit of a distance there. But as we get older, like we, we seem to be getting more close and um, he, he's like, he really loves and adores Albie, which is great. So, you know, I think he's going to be a fantastic granddad. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it, it, it was fine. Okay, so my name is Matteo and I am a safe work planner. Uh, I'm a father of two beautiful children and uh, I have a beautiful wife (laughs) and I live in Newcastle. Uh, My relationship with my father, yeah, so my dad, he's he's unique, (laughs) he's funny, he's he's Italian, so there's a lot of, there's a little bit of culture clash, even though he's hasn't lived in Italy since he was uh, 17, um, or maybe even younger. It's funny because I don't do the typical things that I think we didn't do lots of like stuff together and things like that because he just had to work so much. He was in the catering trade, so a lot of it was uh, unsociable hours, so didn't get to see him all that much. But we did. It was kind of like two evenings a week. We, he was he was off, so we'd make the most time of that. But we were always like really well behaved for my dad because I think my mum wanted to make it a special treat when he was there, so that everything was like nice for him and stuff. And uh, which I think is lovely. It's it's totally not what I envisage being like with Isabella and Alice because I spend a lot more time with them so I think there's that familiarity but I did I love my dad a bit and I still do it's just not maybe one of those typical fathers and relationships but I definitely would knock it I know he would do absolutely anything for me and I'd do absolutely anything for him My name is Andrew Robb I'm a design manager in construction I live in rural southwest Scotland with my wife Sarah, my two sons Sebastian five and Jasper two, along with our English bulldog Winston. Describe your relationship with your father. My father is a was a farmer. He's recently retired. He was always there. We lived in a farmhouse. He was the farmer of the farm. And he was always there, but we didn't see too much of him because he worked extraordinarily long hours and was always always busy, relentlessly busy. My work ethic, I think, comes from my father. That It was seven days a week, all hours, doing whatever was required. And as much as, you know, that is a different generation, we, my siblings and I got a huge amount from my father's work ethic uh, albeit we probably looking at it in this modern world uh, lost out in a lot of time spent with our father but uh, he he's very special to me um, and he's very special to the boys he, he seems now he's retired to have a more whimsical and playful attitude uh, now that he has a lot of time in his hands and, and that's brilliant seeing him with the boys Describe your relationship with your father I think the best way for me to describe the relationship I have with my dad is to say that I hope that I am the dad to my boys as he was to me Um, Me and my dad are incredibly close, incredibly close friends. He was a really good dad. He was a great dad, still is a great dad. Thinking back to it, just a a couple of kind of key things is that I always knew that if there's anything 
I ever needed or, and I don't mean that in a, in a superficial way. I think if there's anything that I needed to ask him about or needed help with or needed advice on, he was always there. I just always felt that my dad was interested in me and what I was doing and what I thought. And I think, you know, again, looking back at, um, looking back at things now that I am a dad, it's, you know, I, I, I do see that he, he really, really tried and really just, again, really enjoyed being a dad. And I think we had sport as well. Um, my dad's a, a, a very, very talented sportsman. You know, he threw me into sport from a, from a young age and it's something that, you know, I'm sure really helped us bond and, you know, sport does help you, you kind of see different challenges and, have, and overcome certain challenges. And I think his advice through that and, and helping me through those things was, you know, w- was brilliant. He always took the time to, to explain to talk to me about things and you know and I got to play with him on certain sports teams which is uh, which is good fun really good fun but yeah you know I love spending time with my dad my dad's now moved up to where I am from, from my hometown of Bristol so fantastic relationship with my dad finish this sentence when I became a dad I so when I became a dad I changed instantly like beforehand i used to worry about like um you know like most people do they they worry about promotions and and money and maybe like um you know like wanting another car or whatever the consumer mindset may have set you about but like since having a, a child i kind of i see that there's there's way more to life than these um than like consumption um so it's like you know everything is kind of for me is always focused on on albie and making sure that he's looked after and he's cared for and he's supported and he's he's kind of he's played with and um yeah everything kind of it's 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 weird it's like there's a switch that when you first have a kid you just it it, it flicks and then that's you You've, you stop caring about your st- yourself and you, you start caring more about those those dear and close to you. So, you know, when I became a dad, I, I just became, I guess, a lot more focused with a lot more purpose. So finish this sentence. When I became a dad, I promised to myself, to my children that I would always be there for them. I would just love, guide and everything else, but essentially be there as a dad, no matter what. When I became a dad, I realised it was always what I wanted to do. I'd I'd always knew I wanted to be a dad, but it just felt like that was definitely um, what I was put on earth for if you know what I mean Uh, sounds a bit silly doesn't it but yeah I just wanted to make sure she was okay and I just wanted to give as much love as I could and um, it just felt right and it just made me so happy finish this sentence when I became a dad I I think I stopped being self-centred and selfish, I would say, would be the biggest item. And I don't say that like I was very self-centred and selfish before, but I think it's like like an earthquake or a tremor or a large shake that you suddenly, your mindset completely changes, that suddenly you've got something that you would stand in front of a bus to protect. And until you have that something... You don't believe that you would do that for anybody else, and that would that would probably be the biggest thing. You know, I moved from caring about myself to caring about somebody else in a, in a huge in a huge way. Finish this sentence. When I became a dad, I. When I became a dad, I think. For both boys, I feel like I was always looking for that one thing that signified that, yes, now you are a dad. 
you know, because it was such a, for me, it was such a, a surreal thing. It was such a, you know, trying to comprehend it. And I think still sometimes now if I, I catch myself when I'm away from them and I suddenly realise I'm going home to my two boys because I'm a dad. And I think maybe that that's something that never never leaves you. But I think, you know, the, the big thing for me is when I became a dad uh, and when you are a dad, you realise that life is actually really, really simple. And that's whether it's because of the way that you feel with your um, with your children in terms of you just feel such joy at seeing them and them doing the most simple things just completely clears your mind of, of anything that you may be thinking about or anything that you may think is actually important when you realise that it's really not. And also the simplicity comes from no, from seeing the joy that they get from just being around you from the silly things that you do or you know from, from anything that you do it's just that simple joy from just being around and from you know spending time with them and and just this this life can be so complex sometimes and you can have so many worries and anxieties but through children or, or I find through my boys you just see that it doesn't have to be there's just simple things you need of just love joy happiness and just to enjoy and be in the moment with your children yeah and I, I think when I became dad I think I just realised that life is really simple and the simpler it is the more enjoyable it is What advice would you give to someone who is just about to become a father? Um, I think the best bit of advice you can give is just to be present. Make sure that you are like there from day one to support your child and also to support your wife and make sure that as a partnership that you, you, you go for everything together. And um, so throw yourself in like, and don't be scared of like the, the dirty nappies and the baby sick and um, whatever it may be. Just throw yourself right in and be part of their 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 journey because if you do that, you you get so much reward from it. You get like every day you see him develop and, um, and just it, it can be something as simple as a smile, but. It, you know, there's the reward and the benefit you get from being a present dad is just it's unbelievable. So yeah, my advice to anyone about to become a father is is don't shy away from your responsibilities, get involved and um, embrace it. What advice would you give some give to someone who is just about to become a father? I would say take it easy. Everybody's probably working and juggling 101 things and also becoming a father. And some people's journeys to becoming a father are really difficult with IVF and all the stresses and things like that. So I would say take it easy on yourself and your partner and just relax. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that you can give consideration and, you know, worry about. But a lot of it, like a giant jigsaw, just fits together. Humans have been doing this for millions of years. So just take it easy and try and enjoy enjoy the journey to the birth, I would say. Uh, what advice would you give to someone who's just about to become a father? I would probably say that it's the hardest gig that you'll ever have, that you'll never really be able to prepare for the sort of physical as well as emotional hardships that you'll go through. And, and, you know, try to be just as patient and understanding as possible because, b believe you me, you'll have times when you're at your wit's end and, you know, whether that's with exhaustion or whether that's with uncertainty or whether that's because you're partner your wife is um has a different view or perspective on things you know it's 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 a joint responsibility you know bringing up a child and i think that you've got to kind of work hard to agree what those are you know what those decisions that you might take um, together are 
but you've got to really have a lot of patience, I would say. And 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 one a really good friend told me, um, and and I still remember it to this day. Many years ago, she said to me, "You know, you never stop being a parent. So this isn't it isn't a, a short term thing. It's a lifetime thing, and that you will always always have a uh, a sort of parental role in your life, no matter when your kids are." 15 16 you know 26 36 46 so on you know i've got two boys who are 23 and 21 and i probably feel i still have to look after them as much as they were when they were 16 sometimes what advice would you give to someone who is just about to become a father (laughs) Uh, i actually was just giving this advice at dinner this evening so when I was about to become a dad, when Julie was pregnant, I could not believe how much unasked for unsolicited advice I got. I actually hated it. But there's there, there's something almost right of passage-like in, in being able to give that unasked for advice to people who are now going through the same process on their own. So the, the most practical advice I would give is go to as many movies as you can. And somebody gave me that advice and I remember it. And I, I tried to take as much advantage of it as I could because every, everybody will say, get as much sleep as you can. And, and that's and that's totally valid by all means. But Julie, my, my fiance and I have been to, since Ava was born four years ago, she just turned four. Since she was born, we have been to one movie, a single movie. And part of the reason for that is after you have your first kid, when you do get time away, if you get a babysitter or if you have family close by who can babysit, there's a lot of pressure for good reason that that you you take the time to kind of rebuild and refoster your relationship with each other, which generally takes place at dinner or drinks or um, mini golf, putt-putt, whatever, where maybe you're doing something, maybe not, but you're, you're, you're able to talk and kind of reconnect. So this this concept of sitting alone in a dark room for two hours watching something of just pure entertainment value, you, you just lose it. You don't you don't really get to do it anymore. So for anybody who is about to become a a, a father or a mother, most practical advice I can give is go go to the movies as much as you can. What would you tell your son and daughter if it was the last thing you could say? I'd probably tell him just that I love him and that I really, really love him and he's the best and um, to always make sure that you can you be the best person you could possibly be and never let anybody tell you otherwise and... Um, care like if it was the last thing I could say and his mother was around just make sure that make sure to care for your mum and make sure to be there for her and be there for each other and you know that I'll always love you I think that's what every dad should tell their son Uh, what would you tell your son or daughter if it was the last thing you could say? Wow. There's so many things that you'd want to say and you'd want to get it right. Um, but I think essentially just be strong, have the courage to to be yourself. All the usual, be be kind, be supportive, You know, help uh, where you can, but ultimately be true to yourself. Um, I think it's probably the key message. What would you tell your son or daughter if it was the last thing you could say? Well, this is a, a pretty heavy question, but I think the last thing I'd want to say to them is just seek happiness. I think quite often people put up, put up with not being happy, whether that's intentionally sometimes or whether that's just because they believe it is a it's a consequence of getting to something but ultimately just life's too short to not be happy to not be content to not fill your life full of 
joyful things. Um, we sometimes put on, you put importance on the, on the wrong things. I think, you know, it, you always get those kind of, again, cliched quotes of, of people and they say, you know, you know, when they're right into the, into old age, what, what advice would you give? And it's always the same thing. It's don't work too hard and enjoy your life. I suppose that's the, the, the advice that I'd give them is just seek happiness. Uh, what would you tell your son or daughter if it was the last thing you could say? Wow, that's a really difficult question. The last thing you could say, I'm, I'm going to take is I'm on my deathbed. Um, and what I would say is just that I, you know, it's so cliche and it's right out of the movies, but I just, I've, I've loved you so much since the moment you were born. Um, you've changed my life for the better in so, so many ways. You've made me a better person. And I've loved watching you grow up for as long as I could. And I hope the world is better for you being in it. Oh, let's leave it there before I turn to mush and tears. To be a father is... To be a father is simply realizing that that's what you are. That you are the dad, the best friend, the superhero, the mentor, the counselor, the coach. You're the everything to your children. And that it will be the single most important job, vocation that you will ever do. To be a father is, uh, it's unique and shouldn't be taken for granted. And there's a lot of people that can't have kids for many different reasons. Certainly something that shouldn't be undertaken lightly is a, a large responsibility, but it's also incredible. You get to give so much, literally have years and years and years to empty your entire character and soul and experiences onto something new. You get to have a wider impact on that, on society and bringing in better people into the world, better people that reflect on yourself. And again, you can pass down those positive straight traits. So make society better going forward. It's a, a really a really special thing. Um, it's great to be able to share it with other dads. It's great to be able to tell people about the experiences of being a father. And it puts everything to, into perspective as well with how difficult it is, how enjoyable it is, how much pleasure you get from it. It dwarfs uh, other pleasures and some other experiences of life. It makes other experiences or goals seem less significant. So it's, it certainly changes, changes your outlook on life, but I wouldn't change it for the world. To be a father is. To be a father is to. Uh, is is to be a chameleon, is to be whatever, whatever on earth your family needs you to be that day. Uh, some days it's it's a money machine. Some days it's a pack mule. Some days you get to carry all the crap to and from the park, to and from the amusement park. Some days it's being a couch cushion. It's letting your kid just lay on you and watch a Disney movie in the living room. Some days it's being a good listener. Some days it's trying to be the inspiration that gets them back into a sport that they're frustrated with. But I, but I think... More often than anything, to be a father is to be a rock. That no matter what happens in life for your kids, for your family, that you're always, you're always there. How, no matter how hard the wind blows, you're the rock that never moves. Uh, this has been been maybe more my approach, but you're 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 always quiet, you're always resolute, but your family will always know you're there. 
unchanging by the tides, unchanging by the winds, that you're the steadiness that a family can grow on. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.